At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. A warmer from Lilo. Welcome to Lovey Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. We've got a great podcast for you. It's in the second segment, we're going to be joined by John Jansen. He does a great job over there at Fox Sports Philadelphia, the gambler. He is a man that is dialed in with regards to everything that is happening in terms of the NLE. So we're going to be taking a look at the Phillies. We're going to be taking a look at that divisional race in general and take a look at a few games for Monday with him. And then in the final segment on this 4th of July, Monday, going to give you guys picks and analysis on every game on the betting board as we touch them all. Hopefully you guys wind up having a tremendous holiday. And if you do have a question, comment, segment, idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we are farthest in. First one is my Twitter timeline at unit underscore 41. Keep in mind, letters CM. I mean, does not matter. So as for usual, please send these into the timeline and the other ways find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're both firing whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. By that five-star review, did not wind up getting in any Twitter questions today, and hopefully you guys all wind up having a safe holiday. I did not have anything on the hot dog eating contest for you guys, unfortunately, so I do apologize, but what I do have is what we wound up seeing in the MLB on Sunday. So let's take a look back at it, try to find some trends, and try to get to know these teams a little bit better. A game from yesterday is Greg buzzing about. Here is the rowdy recap. We did our interview with John before we wound up knowing what happened in Phillies versus the Cardinals, but Philadelphia able to get a shutout of St. Louis. 4-0 the final as Wayno wound up getting lit up in this one. Five and two-thirds innings. Gives up four runs, all of which were earned, including a pair of bombs. Reese Hoskins, 17th home run season. JT Riumito was able to get his sixth as 
for the Philadelphia Phillies. A relatively solid series for them after it didn't look so good against the Atlanta Braves. They wind up taking two of three. And Zach Wheeler, he was wheeling and dealing seven scoreless innings out of him before Nick Nelson, Corey Knable. They come in, they lock it in during the eighth and ninth innings. And for the Cardinals, Becky Nunn, it will give you a scoreless inning. And then one and a third scoreless from James Nele. So they were able to get a couple innings out of the bullpen. And you did wind up seeing the San Diego Padres wind up taking down the LA Dodgers on Sunday by a count of 4-2. And who you have to thank for the Dodgers blowing this game? Craig Kimbrell. He winds up giving up three runs in a third of an inning after Clayton Kershaw looked masterful. Seven scoreless innings. Evan Phillips, a scoreless inning. And then Kimbrell, he did his part. And then Yancey Almonte does wind up giving up a home run in his third of an inning. Work awesome. Kim was able to get his fifth home run of the season as Mackenzie Gore. Very good start here for San Diego. He's given up two runs or fewer in every game that he started against teams not named the Colorado Rockies as he went five and two-thirds innings, giving up one run. Nick Martinez doing a third inning scoreless. And then he did have Taylor Rogers give up a run in the ninth inning, but he was able to do enough to be able to get the save as the the LA Dodgers also did wind up getting Mookie Betts back in this game. The Milwaukee Brewers are back to having some solid pitching. 2-0, they wind up digging down the Pittsburgh Pirates. As for Pittsburgh, they were able to get a couple hits out of Brandon Woodruff, but they weren't able to put anything across. 0-11 with runners in scoring position and for Zach Thompson. He winds up giving up two runs in four and two-thirds innings, including home run to Omar Narvaez. 13th home run season. From there, you did wind up having Tyler BD be able to give you two scoreless innings. Dwayne Underwood Jr., one and a third inning scoreless. And Chris Rain, scoreless inning for the Milwaukee Brewers. Things got airy, but Brad Boxberger, Devin Williams, Josh Hader, all able to give you a scoreless inning, but all used for at least 20 pitches, including Hader. 33 pitches in this one. Significant for what we're going to be seeing on Monday, the Miami Marlins. They wind up being able to go to extra innings against Washington Nationals, and they take down the Nats by a count of 7 of 4 in 10 as. The bullpens in this game were not terrific as Pablo Lopez, not a bad start here. Two runs given up in six and a third innings. And then on the Washington side, Eric Fetty Wap gives up two runs over the course of six innings for Miami. They were able to get a home run off of Fetty as Luke Williams gets his first home run season. Then Isu Sanchez in the ninth inning will go deep off of Tanner Rainey for his 11th home run season as Rainey allows two runs in his inning of work. Mason Thompson, Kyle Finnegan, both give you a scroll saying, and then Carl Edwards Jr., he gives up three runs, two of which were earned in the 10th inning. And for the Washington Nationals, go 2 of 12 men in scoring position. You did have Stephen Okert at the bullpen of the Miami Marlins. A law home run to Josh Bell, his 12th of the campaign as Okert gives up a run in an inning. Anthony Bass gives you a pair of outs out of the bullpen. And Tanner Scott, he allowed a run in his inning as well. But Dylan Floro, a scoreless 10th inning for the Marlins to be able to get another W. And for the Washington Nationals, man, it has not been going well for this team. In the nation's capital, as they are now 14 and 30 at home thus far this season. A team that has not been great is also the Kansas City Royals. They played another team that's not great in the Detroit Tigers, and it was the Tigers who took the L by kind of 7 to 4, as you did wind up having Brady Singer deliver a not great but not terrible start. Nine strikeouts, but two runs allowed in four and two thirds innings, as he allowed a home run in the process going deep for Detroit. That would be Spencer Torkelson, his fifth home run season. Then Cody Clements gets his second home run in the campaign off of Dylan Coleman. Coleman winds up allowing two runs in his inning of work, but Jackson Gore, along with Taylor Clark and Scott Parlow, all give you a scoreless setting. And then you did have Jose Cuas give you a nod out of the bullpen. And for the Kansas City Royals, pair of home runs for them as you wind up having Ed Alvarez get his fifth home run of the season. And then you wind up getting the fifth home run of the season for Emmanuel Rivera's. 
with the Detroit Tigers. Tariq Skubal's struggles continue. Six straight start in which he's allowed at least three runs. Gave up both of those homers. Five runs in total over the course of four and two-thirds innings for the Tigers. And you got a tough eye bullpen in terms of ERA. Michael Fulmer did allow a run in his inning work in with two outs in the bullpen. Jason Foley wanted giving up a run as well, but Will Best, Willie Peralta, they both give you one and a third inning scoreless. The Tampa Bay Rays have all of a sudden been able to ignite with their offense. Third straight game with at least five runs and their third straight win. They take down the Toronto Blue Jays 7-3 as they wanted getting a trail of home runs in this one as Harold Ramirez gets his fourth home run season that comes off of Ross Stripling and then Trent Thornton gave up the other two to Randy Odozarena, his eighth home run of the season, and G-Man Choi, his seventh for Thornton. Two-thirds of an inning, three runs given up, including those two home runs. He did have Trevor Richards and Matt Gage both give you four outs out of the bullpen. Scoreless David Phelps, scoreless saying, but Ross Stripling. Four runs, three of which were earned, given up in his four and two-thirds innings of work, and for the Toronto Blue Jays, two of 14 with men in scoring position. As the Boz, Shane Boz, six innings, giving up one run. From there, you do wind up getting two innings out of Christopher Ogundo as he allowed one run in the process before Sean Armstrong along Jason Adam close out the ninth inning with Armstrong giving up a run along the way. The New York Yankees wound up getting shut out by the Cleveland Guardians 2-0. Final in this one as the Yankees could only muster one hit and yet they still went 0-6 with men in scoring position giving themselves an opportunity late. Tough loss for Jordan Montgomery. Gives up a solo run over the course of five innings as taking him deep. Framil Reyes, sixth home run season. You did wind up having two and Two-thirds innings out of J.P. Sears, who's been used as a starter this season, gave up one run. Alberto Badeu was able to give you an out of the bullpen. And for the Cleveland Guardians, very good start from Tristan McKenzie. Allows just one hit, seven scoreless settings. From there, Eli Morgan and Emmanuel Classe. They both give you a scoreless setting as the Guardians almost done in by an Owen Miller error, but they were able to stabilize and hold down the fort. The other New York team, they got a W as the Mets. They wind up taking down the Walker, Texas Rangers by a count of 4-1. to one. For the Rangers, lone form of offense in this game, Jonah Heim gets his 12th home run season off of one. Carlos Carrasco ends giving up one run over the course of five and two-thirds innings. Joey Rodriguez, one and a third inning, scoreless. And then Adam Anavino, Edwin Diaz. They provide scoreless eighth and ninth innings. And a pair of guys that want to gain their ninth home run season off of John Gray. Eduardo Escobar and Sterling Marte of the Marte Parte as John Gray, four runs, three of which were earned in five and two-thirds innings for his career. As an ERA north of a 450 away from Coors Field as he allowed both of those bombs. Jose LeClerc was able to give you two scoreless innings, and he did have Brett Martin give you an out of the bullpen as well. The Baltimore Orioles had a really long skid against the Minnesota Twins, as I believe that they had wound up losing something like 12 straight against the Minnesota Twins in Minnesota. 3-1, to one, they wind up getting the win, and Tyler Wells wins his sixth straight decision as he winds up going six innings in this one, giving up one run. Keegan Aiken, Joey Kreeble, they combined for two scoreless innings before Dylan Tate was able to give you a scoreless inning for the save, and for the Baltimore Orioles, all three runs came off of solo home runs, and you wound up having all three come off of Devin Smeltzer, Ryan Mountcastle, 14th home run season, Trey Boom Mancini, and Runet Ador. They both wind up getting their eighth as Smeltzer gives up three solo home runs over the course of six innings. And for Smeltzer, all of a sudden he is starting to give up the hard contact as he has given up 10 home runs in his last five starts. Very much a pitch and contact guy. From there, Wamanaya, two scoreless settings. A Giovanni Morin was able to give you a scoreless setting, but nothing doing for Minnesota on offense. Just four hits in this one. And for the Baltimore Orioles, they have now been held to three runs or fewer, and I believe seven out of their last 10 games. And the Twins, they've held their opponents to three or fewer in nine out of their last 11, but no offense for them. Not a lot of offense in this one either. The Boston Red Sox, they hit the road. They get the job done against the Chicago Cubs by a count of 42, despite going two of 19 with men in scoring position. It was far from great, and Xander Bogarts had to leave this game a little bit early, but he did wind up having Connor Siebold give you pretty much a 
open plus in this one. Gives up one run over the course of four innings. From there, the Red Sox bullpen went to work. Mansuran gives up a run in an inning. Batanner Elk, John Schreiber both give you a scoreless inning. And then Jake Diekman and Eda Kazusada Two scoreless innings apiece for the Cubs. Keegan Thompson gives up two runs in four innings. And a bullpen that has been terrible recently. They've gotten bullpen ERA that's nearly six over the last 30 days. Not bad. As Matt Warmer along Scott Efforts combined for three scoreless innings. Chris Martin was able to give you a scoreless inning. Brandon Hughes in scoreless inning. And then Rowan Wick. Two innings, and he winds up giving up two unearned runs in the 11th. He was done in by his own throwing error in extras, but the Cubs, they really did themselves, and Patrick Wisdom was able to get a home run off of Matt Stram for his 17th home run season, but one of 15 with men in scoring position. The other Chicago team was able to do a little bit better with men in scoring position. 13 to 4. They destroyed the San Francisco Giants as they went 8 of 21 with men in scoring position. No home runs. White Sox have really not been able to get a lot of deep balls as they don't have a single guy with a double digit amount of home runs this season. But Lucas Giolito, second straight start in which he allowed fewer than three runs, giving up just one over the course of six innings now. Vinny Velo, not a great appearance, giving up three runs in one and a third innings, but lead was so big that it really didn't matter at that point. Jose Ruiz gives up nothing in his two-thirds of an inning, and Matt Foster scoreless setting. And for the San Francisco Giants, it was a wholesale approach, and everyone was giving up runs. It got so bad that Austin wins. Backup catcher had to throw an inning, giving up two runs. John Brebbia and Jordan Garcia both give you a scoreless setting. It's Amy Blanc, three scoreless settings, but you wind up having Sean Hijalay. He is the gentleman that is 6'11". He came in, he gave up six runs, four of which were earned in two innings, and you had Junior Marte. It was not a Marte parte. He gave up five runs in an inning, so that was not too terrific. You know what else is not too terrific? The Oakland A's offense. They have now scored three runs or fewer in four out of their last five games. Due to one, they wound up losing to the Seattle Mariners as Frankie Montas. One blasting just one inning in this one. He did wind up giving up a solo run in that one inning of work as Julio Rodriguez winds up getting his 14th home run of the season. But that said, he just wound up turning into a bullpen game for the team. Sam Selman, two scoreless innings, Austin Pruitt, one run given up in four and a third innings, and Sam Ball, a pair of outs out of the bullpen. And if Montas is out for any sort of a length of time, well, an Oakland A's team that was already hopeless just becomes more hopeless. They're 26 and 55 right now, and this after they started the year like 10 and 10, so that speaks how bad they've been recently. Robbie Ray, he's been terrific recently. This is now a five-game streak in which he has given up a grand total of three total runs. He wound up punching out 12. He did wind up giving up a solo home run along the way as Elvis Andrews got his fifth home run season. But Mariners, second-best bullpen in terms of ERA over the last three days at a 279. He wound up having Paul Sewell give you a scoreless setting and Andres Munoz. Four outs out of the bullpen. Scoreless. Sierra's in the Diamondbacks. And he wound up being away a 5-0 lead as the Colorado Rockies get the job done. 6-5 of five the final. For Arizona, Zach Allen winds up lending six innings. Does wind up giving up three runs, including Homer going deep. For the Colorado Rockies, C.J. Crone, he winds up getting his 18th of the season. Then C.J. Crone, later on, he would go deep for his 19th home run season. That came off of Donnie Ramirez, who gave up three runs and did not wind up getting it out. Kyle Nelson, Ian Kennedy combined for a scoreless setting, and Joe Manat Tipley, a scoreless setting. But for the Arizona Diamondbacks, David Peralta, main form of offense. He winds up being able to get a grand salami in the fifth inning. His 11th of the campaign that comes off of Chad Cool and Cool was not cool in this one. As a matter of fact, he was cooled down. Ha, ha, ha. Five runs given up over the course of five innings. From there, Robert Stevenson, Lucas Gilbreth, goodbye for two scoreless innings. And then you wind up having Daniel Bard and Jake Bird both be able to give you a scoreless inning as the Colorado Rockies come back from a five-run deficit in that one. DK Nation pick was on the over in 
Angels versus Houston Astros. And, well, if it was on the over on strikeouts, we would have hit easily. But, unfortunately, that was not the case. 4-2. The Houston Astros wind up getting a walk-off home run from Jeremy Pena to be able to get it done. And Pena goes deep twice in this one. Tenth and eleventh of the season. The walk-off comes off of Ryan Tapero. It's been terrible. Giving up two runs in two-thirds of an inning. Jose Suarez wound up getting the start. Gave up two runs in four and two-thirds innings. And, honestly, not a bad start. He was probably lifted a little bit earlier. Then he needed to be over Ortega. Wound up giving you no outs of the bullpen before Jose Quijada gives you one in third inning scoreless. Andrew Wants, Aaron Loop, they both give you a scoreless saying in the Astros. They wind up straining the bases loaded twice in this one. And Luis Ranifo, fifth home run season, but 20 strikeouts in total for the Angels as you wind up having Framber Valdez give you one of the most weird stat lines you're ever going to see. Six innings pitch, five walks, that home run allowed in 13 strikeouts. From there, Hector Neres, Rafael Montero, Ryan Presley. All come in for scoreless things and all got two or three strikeouts in their respective inning. And you wound up having the Atlanta Braves wind up losing to the Cincinnati Reds. This by a count of 4-3 to three as Cincinnati wound up getting a relatively solid start from Luis Castillo, giving up one run over the course of seven innings. That one run was a solo run. Going deep off of him would be Mr. Marcel Ozuna. Got his 15th home run season then. He would go deep off of Hunter Strickland for his 16th home run season as Hunter Strickland would also allow Michael Harris the second to take him deep. Fifth home run season for Strickland. Pair of solo home runs given up in his inning of work. Now Rock and a 540 ERHF Hoffman, a scoreless setting, but the team wanted getting bailed out as they were able to get a nice RBI in the ninth inning from Albert Romero Jr. to be able to get it done. That one coming off of A.J. Minter. No outs and an unearned run allowed as Dansby Swanson wound up hurting him out there in the field with an error. Charlie Morton, another really good start out of him. Ten strikeouts and seven scoreless innings. Morton has now given up a grand total. Four earned runs over the course of his last four starts. Call McHugh. No, he gave up three runs in an inning in a Braves bullpen that has been relatively rock solid this year. Starting to show some cracks. And if you're taking a look at where the cracks are with regards to the bookmakers, not necessarily on the totals right now as it's been a relatively equal split of overs and unders over the last three days after we wound up seeing a bunch of unders begin the season. 195 unders to 188 overs over the last three days. So 50.9% of games have wound up going under. Underdogs wound up being able to do a very solid job on Sunday. Nine of them wound up hitting, but overall in the last three days, favorites hitting a 59% clip, 239 and 166. And if you look overall for the season, favorites sitting at a rate of right around 59.5 to 60%, 704 to 474. So that is a rate, according to covers, of 59.8%. And home favorites have had a tough time covering the run line. I wanted seeing the answers be able to bail you out on Sunday, but 444 and 312 straight up our home favorites this season, but among those 444 home favorites, 141 of them have won by approximately one run to not cover the run line, so that's been an issue in overall unders. Right now hitting at a 51.6% clip, 577 unders to 542 overs for the season, so that's what we wound up seeing in Major League Baseball on Sunday, and that's what we're getting trend-wise in Major League Baseball. Let's now talk about the NLEs, what we're seeing out there in Philadelphia, how they've been able to maintain without Bryce Harper, and joining me to talk about that next is our good friend John Jansen, host of the Lion Change over there at Fox Sports Philadelphia, The Gambler. He's going to be joining me right here on the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Dave Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast on the other side. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. 
Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. 
What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of guard that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back here in Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family of Podcasts, and 
We've got a great guest on this podcast. It's John Jansen. He is doing an absolutely amazing job over there with Fox Sports Philadelphia, The Gambler. You're able to catch his show, The Line Change, every single weeknight, 8 to 11 p.m. Eastern time. If you're out here on the West Coast, that is 5 to 8. And John is a man that is dialed into a lot of different things, and I'm sure that he's going to have a lot to talk about, not just with the Philadelphia Phillies and all that they're going through, but also in terms of the Philadelphia 76ers, a very interesting offseason with them. Philadelphia Eagles are going to be a very fascinating team in the NFL as well. And to be able to follow John Jansen on Twitter, that is at Jay Jansen and then the number 34 all together. And John, great to have you aboard, my friend. Thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me on. And now the Phillies treading water a bit here. You know, they're doing pretty well without Bryce Harper in the lineup. But of course, the big question comes, are they able to continue this? And there are some good signs there. But yeah, that's that's kind of the big question, though. It is now the dog days of summer and you're out there in Philadelphia. It has been interesting to take a look at this Philly team, to say the least. And they've been trying to survive without Bryce Harper for about a week or so. We're doing this before we wind up knowing what wound up happening on Sunday Night Baseball. But with that said, what have been your takeaways thus far with how the Phillies have been playing without Bryce Harper? Because I mean, thus far, I would give it a passing grade. I think that no doubt it's an offense that is missing Bryce Harper. But I do think that this is a team that they can tread water I think is the best term of putting it without him as long as the rest of the guys do their part and as long as the bullpen continue to be relatively solid which they have been recently yeah they have been good uh it's really pitched together well and look give credit to Kyle Schwarber who carried them pretty much through the month of June and Reese Hoskins swinging an okay bat no, not anything spectacular, but he's still been pretty good for the Phillies. They've been at least getting a few very key contributors that have been able to kind of keep the Phillies offense afloat. But it's really been pitching since the month of June, not only a top 10 bullpen, but also a top 10 starting rotation. But we're already starting to see a bit of cracks there, especially with the starting pitching, because Ranger Suarez goes down. Kyle Gibson's having some problems. Zach Eflin's down with an injury and a knee injury, which he had last year as well. And that seems to be a thing that comes up and flares up often with Zach Eflin, those knee injuries. But it just seems like rotation, you know, what was looking to be pretty good, like solid one through five, now have a lot of depth issues. Now, Bailey Falter came up and gave him some good innings, but they're going to need that more often from him and probably more than they would like. So it's really just starting rotation, which is odd to say because the bullpen's been really the big issue. But I love the way the bullpen's looked since Rob Thompson's took to, has taken over uh, for Joe Girardi. No, there has been some kind of stability. I don't know if you can just credit that to Sir Anthony Dominguez getting better and Knable being out of the closer spot's been pretty good. I don't know what you can attribute directly to that, but look, since Joe Girardi's been gone, the bullpen's been much better, so I'm just going to take that at face value. Yeah, but it has been interesting to be able to take a look at this team and the entirety of the National League East. It's so fascinating as well because right when the Philadelphia Phillies got out, that's when the Atlanta Braves wound up winning off their double-digit amount of wins. They've cooled off a little bit ever since then. They did wind up losing to the Cincinnati Reds on Sunday, but I think that we'd be both in agreement that they've really been able to pick it up. The New York Mets, they've lost a few games recently, but when you wind up playing against the Houston Astros twice in a week, you know what? There's going to be a couple losses involved with those games. So I just take a look at the entirety of the NL East, and right now I see three teams that – are able to be able to make the playoffs. I think that at minimum, you're going to be able to get into. And when it's all said and done, I could really see three teams being able to get in, especially with regards to the NL Central. I think that that's going to be a very interesting race as well. You've got three wildcard teams. So it's sort of a pick and choose. You've got to figure that whoever doesn't wind up winning that National League West in terms of the Padres and the Dodgers 
one of those teams is going to get in the Giants. They're an interesting spot. So when it's all said and done, I do think that it winds up being two teams that wind up getting in from the NL East. I think the big question is, would it be the Phillies or would it be the Atlanta Braves? So I think that at this point, it's just really imperative if you're a Phillies fan that the Braves wind up regressing a little bit. Yeah, it's Braves regressing. Maybe someone from the NL Central. Look, it's good that the Giants are kind of struggling here for the Phillies because that's another team that can, they can... Look, I hate to say cross off the list, but like the Giants are... Not showing last year's a fluke. I hate to say fluke because that always sounds wrong, but they have some missing pieces and some things that they really need to cover. And I think that they miss Buster Posey so oh, much sure. more than people yep. realize because yeah. everyone takes a look at the bat, but the way that he calls a game, I mean, I think that it's no coincidence that this bullpen is so much worse this year than it was last year. Yeah, 100%. And you're right. I think you can attribute some of that to Buster Posey, and he was a great veteran leader for them. So I completely agree with that. So the Giants are struggling, and I'm not sure if they're able to get kind of back on track here. Look, the tough thing for the Phillies is, again, starting rotation, can it hold up? I know the lineup is probably going to go through some more downs than it would if Bryce Harper wasn't in the lineup, but... I still have at least some faith that Schwarber can not keep up exactly what he's doing, but Schwarber can carry the load here. Reese Hoskins is, again, doing well enough, and I think they're eventually going to get something out of Nick Castellanos, and that's going to be a huge help whenever that eventually does happen. But it just concerns me with pitching. You know, Does the starting rotation, do they get any depth, and do they get it quickly from the trade deadline? Or the bullpen, you know, holding together and providing some good innings. You know, it's, it's two things that I just have big questions about. And that's obviously not a good thing when you're in this really tight wild card race. Your pitching doesn't need to be the one that you're kind of questioning and kind of all facets of it. Yes, they're getting some good pitching from a few individuals like Sir Anthony Dominguez has been great. The two pitchers, Zach Wheeler, Aaron Ola, I think have been fantastic. But it's really the rest that you kind of have it, uh, some doubts on, even though some pieces are performing very well. There's still a lot of doubts, and I don't think that's going to be fixed until reinforcements come, and that needs to happen soon. But yeah, while the Phillies, I think, have a chance, I'm still cautious about it because it does seem like it's very fragile at the moment. Yep, I do think that this entire National League East race, it is going to be so interesting because we all know that Max Scherzer, he's going to be back relatively soon. It looks like it's probably going to be sometime this week. Got to figure at some point, Jacob deGrom is going to be back as well as John Jansen of Fox Sports Philadelphia, the gamblers joining me on the podcast. And I mean, even some of the understudies for the New York Mets have been able to come in. They've been able to give this team some good starts. Someone with a tremendous name in David Peterson has been solid now. Never been too much of a Trevor Williams guy. But I think that that's a team that it feels like we're both in agreement. They're both going to be fighting themselves in the postseason. But I just take a look at the picture in the National League in general, and we just wound up diving into it. You're not necessarily too high on the San Francisco Giants, and I do not blame you there. The National League Central, I think it's going to be interesting because I do think that both the Brewers and the Cardinals, when it's all said and done, they wind up being able to find their way into the playoffs. At this point, I think that it's a little bit more of a coin toss than a lot of people would like to believe for that National League Central crown. But at the same time, I think that both teams wind up getting in. But at the very least in the National League, it just feels very wide open this season, especially with the Dodgers not being as dominant as they've been in the past, whereas in the American League, I feel like it's just really the New York Giants, the Houston Astros, and then everyone else is just fighting for third place at this point. Yeah, in the National League, it just feels very top-heavy because, like, the Padres are one of the best teams in the National League, and they're in the wild-card spot. You know, Cardinals and Brewers, I think they're two pretty good teams, but they're going to be fighting for just one spot in that National League Central. So, yeah, it's just a very top-heavy league. 
And, you know, that's why the Phillies can kind of find their way within it because the month of June that they had, they kind of thrusted themselves into this wild card race. But you're right. It's going to be tough because I actually, I really like the Cardinals. And, you know, the Brewers are the team I find that maybe can fade off at some point because I don't like the lineup at all. The thing is, that's still such a great uh, starting rotation. It's still a really good bullpen. The Brewers seem like they're they're always going to find their way. And the Braves, I have to say, look back to last year, but... The Braves, they look healthier. Uh, guys are starting to look better. Austin Riley's playing very well as of late. It's very top-heavy, and while it seems wide open, it's none of the, the teams have really pulled away from that top-heavy, again, that the top echelon of teams, because even the Dodgers haven't really pulled away like we thought they would. The Mets, we thought they were going to, but then some injuries came along, and uh, yes, they're getting reinforcements, so it could look much better soon, but nobody's really separating themselves from the rest of the pack. Yeah, but I think that it's going to be so interesting to be able to take a look at what we're going to be getting moving forward because I mean the Astros and the Yankees have exerted their dominance in the American League but in the National League we haven't been able to see as many teams be able to do quite that as we do have John Jansen of Fox Sports Philadelphia the Gambler joining me on the podcast and John as we know we're recording this just before the 4th of July officially kicks off but when people are hearing this it is going to be the 4th of July so hopefully you're going to be able to have yourself a nice little cookout be able to enjoy some good beverages some good weather but With that said, when it comes to the betting board for Monday, is there anything that you've really got your eye on? Because the Phillies, I know, they have a little bit of an off day, so not going to have any local flair with regards to that. But we've got a good one between the Atlanta Braves and the St. Louis Cardinals with the Braves. Right now, find themselves right around about a minus 160 or so favorite. I'm very intrigued to see what we wind up getting in that Rays versus Red Sox series because we talk about the American League having two top-heavy teams. Those are two teams that they would love to be able to find themselves at number three and be able to be able to provide a little bit of a run. Is there anything in general that you're going to be taking a look at for a bet on Monday? Yeah, there's a few. Um, the San Diego Padres, while they are a very good baseball team, not playing well as of late, they're going up against the Seattle Mariners. Look, Sean Manai's on the mound, and he's good, and obviously the Mariners have gone through their problems, but the Mariners have been playing better as of late. They kind of just came on because they were looking like they were going in the wrong direction, and there was no way out of it. But they've been looking pretty good. San Diego's a big favorite. Uh, I know they're at home, so obviously that helps out as well as they're 21 and 16 at home, while the Mariners 19 and 22 on the road. Chris Flexen, not the greatest pitcher, but I do think it's somewhat of a decent pitching matchup for them. So I, I do think Seattle is worth a look at the plus money just because of the way they've been playing lately. I think it's worth a shot. And that's also considering the Padres. Also, considering the Atlanta Braves, maybe on a nice little run line, Kyle Wright is so good. Dakota Hudson's been great. But the thing is, Dakota Hudson, I expect some regression coming very, very soon for him. I really like Kyle Wright. So that may be a run line for me looking at it, especially with the way the Braves have been playing lately. I'm with you with Dakota Hudson, a man that doesn't wind up getting a lot of strikeouts. Walks right around four guys per nine innings and here he is with pretty much a sub four ERA. It really doesn't wind up adding up. And there are some guys that they just naturally have ERAs that are a little bit lower than their fielding independence. But I'm right there with you. I do have my question marks there. But <laughs> something that I don't have a question mark with is you putting out great content, John. I know that you do an amazing job of being able to take a look at a little bit of everything. Like I said, when it comes to the NBA offseason, I'm sure that you're going to have no shortage of things to talk about. With regards to the Philadelphia 76ers, because, I mean, there's been a lot of hoopla there. You're going to have yourself occupied with a lot of people giving a lot of takes on the Philadelphia Eagles as they are currently in the crosshairs of a lot of off-season NFL chatter. And 
I know you do a great job of being able to gauge a little bit of everything. So let the good people at home know they're able to follow you on social media and everything they've got going on in general. Yeah, follow me at jjansen34. Of course, check out the show, The Line Change. Moving up a little bit, uh, six basically every Monday through Friday now. So moving up, but just enough time to get you ready for the 7 o'clock games when they do happen for the Major League Baseball slate. So it's a good time, and I'm very much going to enjoy that. But yeah, just follow me at jjansen34 through all things baseball. And for me, losing my mind on what's happening in Stranger Things. Oh, yes. There is no shortage of things there, and it is going to be a tremendous 4th of July. John does a great job being able to gauge so many things and also does a little bit of daily fantasy as well, and I know that he's been doing some video game reviews as well. So, John, a man of very, very many different (laughs) talents, and every time he comes on this podcast, always delivers the goods much like he did today. So, big thanks to John Jansen of Fox Sports Philadelphia, the gambler, for joining me right here on the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. And coming up next, it is that time of the podcast. They give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Monday as we touch them all. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Six Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. 
Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it off? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back here in Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beast Family of Podcasts. It is always a pleasure to get John Jansen of Fox Sports Philadelphia, the gambler on. Does an absolutely terrific job holding it down out there in the eastern part of the country, taking a look at the National League East. All that we've got with the Philadelphia Phillies as they're trying to overcome that injury to Bryce Harper and what has been just an interesting division in general with the Atlanta Braves getting out. Phillies had their run. The New York Mets have been a steady Eddie team that are going to be getting some arms back, and it is always great to get him back on the podcast. So big thanks to John for joining me in the last segment. Now it is that time of the podcast. I give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Monday as we touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Do note that as per usual, any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at unit underscore 81. We are going to be going in Las Vegas rotation or this is where we wind up going with the National League games first and the American League games and any interleague games. Those are going to be at the bottom, so that'll keep things all nice, neat, clean, and easy. We do have a double header that I will do all together. That would be the Guardians and the Detroit Tigers when we do wind up getting to it. So we are going to be beginning with this first Ashley game, an early game. 8.05 a.m. Pacific, 11.05 a.m. Eastern Time, first pitch. Get your bets in early on this one. 9.51, 9.52 on the betting board. The Miami Marlins, they're on the road. They're facing off against the Washington Nationals as Patrick Corbin is going to be on the bump. For the Nets, and Barack Garrett is going to be on the bump for Miami. Miami's finding themselves in between a minus 105 and minus 115. Meanwhile, for Washington, it's anywhere between as bad as a minus 105, as good as a plus 102, with 9.5 being your total over and under, are anywhere between minus 105 and minus 115. And while Braxton Garrett has not been anything special, I'm willing to go up to a minus 114 with them. So anything aside from the very, very top of the market at this point, because it's just not went well for Patrick Corbin thus far this season. He's 4-10, and 10, has made 16 starts overall, and this is a Washington Nationals team that they have lost most of them. As a matter of fact, they have won four out of his 16 starts with all but one of those losses out of the 12 losses. 11 have come by multiple runs. It has been deplorable 
this season. 606 ERA. A man that I don't been a little bit better than by then. I mean, he's got a 5.05 ERA, giving up nine home runs in 46 and a third innings with opponents saying a 274 off of him instead of a 352 on the road. This guy actually picked up velocity from the World Series title run that they wound up having, and he stinks. I have no idea how that works. And Braxton Garrett, it's been a little bit tough for him whenever he's been at the major league level in terms of walks. He's been able to do a little bit better this year. Six walks in 22 and a third innings. He's only given up two home runs. 22 strikeouts in 22 and a third innings. Has been very unlucky on balls in play, though. This is a man that is right now giving up a little bit over 11 hits per nine innings. I do think that it's going to be a case which positive progression is going to be coming through for him because he's been showing relatively good stuff. He's got a little bit of a better ERA on the road than at home. 502 road. ERA 5663 home ERA and then you do take a look at both of these bullpens and they both stink. We wound up seeing that yesterday when the game wound up going over in extra innings for the Miami Marlins Anthony Bass has been able to do a solid job he got used yesterday but only for two pitches so he should be able to come back and be able to pitch in this game which is going to be big because Tommy Nansom, Floro, Richard Blyer, these guys have not been good for the Miami Marlins but you do have quite a few guys for the Miami Marlins hitting in that pocket of about a 250 as you've got me you got Roas, Asus Aguiar able to throw in there. Luke Williams as well. John Birdie hitting just below a 270 thus far. Garrett Cooper has been able to get on base. They've been dealing with an injury to Ode Solaire and Jazz Chislam. So, guys, they've been able to give you a double-digit amount of formers in for the Washington Nationals. It's been a top-eight team in terms of being able to get on base in terms of batting average as you've got Cesar Hernandez along with B. Franco, Kibet Ouiz, all these guys hitting between about a 242 to a .255. You got Yadier Hernandez who's been able to do a solid job to be able to get on base. Nelson Cruz starting at a little bit of a funk, but that's a big thing. Nelson Cruz has only been able to give you a single-digit amount of homers. You've got Ordey Soler who's been able to give you 15 home runs, and Josh Bell with 12. Bell's been able to hit a 320, but Soto hitting a 226 right now. He was a front-runner for National League MVP coming into the year. He's not lived up to that bottom. The lineup has been relatively rough. Nationals are dead last in the National league in terms of home runs per game and this is just a bullpen that you can't rely upon. Carl Edwards Jr. might be your best reliever at this point. Reed Garrett is giving you some good innings but Andres Machado as north of a four ERA scene goes for Rasmo Ramirez. Kyle Finnegan has been all over the place. Steve Ciszek has been a hot mess as well and there's no trusting in Patrick Corbin in this spot. So I'm willing to lay up to a minus 114 error with Miami. I do think that both of these guys give up some runs but I do think that was such an early game. These are going to be some sleepy bats out there and I think that that's actually going to be able to help out the pitchers a little bit more so I did wind up saying my total at a 9.2 and especially with the Miami Marlins missing a couple power bats as well. So looking under and I'm going to be taking a look at the fish. 9.53, 9.54 on the bang board. The Chicago Cubs hit the road face off against the Milwaukee Brewers. Eric Lauer is going to be on the bump for the Brew Crew and Justin Seal is going to be on the bump for the Cubs. The Cubs are finding themselves in between a plus 130 to a plus 136 underdog. Brew Crew anywhere between minus 143 and minus 150 with 9 year total over his minus 115. The under is minus 105. I did wind up saying my total at a 9.1 so I'm going to be taking a look at it and over. Eric Lauer just has not been good recently. He was really coming into his own towards back half last season and into the early part of this season. But even though one of these starts did wind up having a few unearned runs, he has given up at least three runs in now each out of his last six starts. And he wound up just giving up a bunch of bombs. He has given up eight home runs over the course of his last four starts. And it's not necessarily been too terrific for him. 
Now, you take a look at him at home, and he has been significantly better than on the road. 225 home area compared to a 524 on the road. But with that said, most of his starts have come on the road. Nine out of his 14, so he's been able to do a good job being able to get swings and misses. A little bit over nine strikeouts per nine innings. And then for Justin Seal, a little bit under nine strikeouts per nine innings. But what's really killing him right now is the walks. He's given up over 4.3 walks per nine innings. Lauer, on the other hand, more than neighbor about 2.8 walks per nine innings. Uh, Steele's been able to keep the ball in the yard. Lauer's given up 16 home runs thus far this season. Justin Seal, just five. But Seal's giving up over nine hits per nine innings. So I do think that there's going to be negative regression. He's backed up by a bullpen that over the last 30 days has north of six ERA. Scott Efforts, Rowan Wick have really been hitting this kids. Michael Givens has been able to do a solid job out there in the bullpen for this team. But he also wound up having Alec Mills try to be able to give the team a start a couple days ago. And then he wound up getting knocked out literally in the first inning. So that wound up using up Mark Leiter, a little bit of a long guy. Keegan Thompson only wound up giving this team four innings in a game that wound up going to extras. So this is a completely gas and tank bullpen. But with the Chicago Cubs, you do have guys that are able to get on base for you guys. You've got Wilson Contreras along with Ian App, PJ Higgins, throwing their David Bodie, all giving you at least a 375 on base. Contreras has been able to give you double the amount of homers. And Patrick Wisdom, 17 home runs thus far this season, also on pace for 200 strikeouts, but he's been able to get on base for you. And you've been able to have Nico Horner whenever he's been out there do a solid job. He's currently been dealing with some ailments, but Nelson Velasquez, Christopher Morales, these guys in between about 275. To 285 with Nico Horner being a bit above 300 and then for the Milwaukee Brewers. Just don't have a lot of guys in general that would be able to give you a good batting average as you've had Mark Brasso be able to hit in that pocket about a 280 but he's a little bit more of a situational hitter. Do have a tree of guys Christian Yelich, Andrew McCutcheon, Omar Narvaez all hitting in that pocket about a 255 and William Adams already tell us they would be able to give you 16 home runs but until us is hitting at 250, Jace Peterson hitting right around 250 and then the rest of the lineup pretty much hitting at 235 or lower but with the Milwaukee Brewers you do have of that 8th and ninth inning duo of Devin Williams and Josh Hader, but big note, Josh Hader threw 33 pitches yesterday. That's part of the reason why I do like this little over a little bit more as well, but you still have guys like a Hobie Milner who are able to give you some good innings out there in the bullpen, so this is a spot in which I did mind saying the Brewers as a minus 184 favorite. I do think that Steele doing for a little bit of regression. We have seen Lauer give up quite a few runs as well, so I do like this nine over, but taking a look at the Brewers' run line, find that anywhere between about a plus 125 to a plus 130. I was willing to take anything of a plus 110 or greater. With the way that this Cubs bullpen is pitching, I do like the Brewers to be able to win this game by multiple runs. Going to be taking a look at the Brewers run line, and I'm going to be taking a look at this total over 955-956 on the banking board. The New York Mets at the road face off against the Cincinnati Reds. We are in the Cincinnati and they're on 100 green, being able to get the start for them, and then you've got Tybal Mockers who's going to be going for the Metropolitans and the Mets. They are finding themselves as pretty sizable favorites, saying between minus 155 and minus 165, between plus 140 and plus 146 is going to be your price on Cincinnati. Your total is 9.5. The over is minus 115 and the under is minus 105 and for Hunter Green, it has been a season that has been full of giving up a whole bunch of hard contact and if you're taking a look at the run line in the spot when it comes to New York Mets, you're able to find it right around even money in a lot of spots. I'm seeing a minus 105 as well. When it comes to the Mets money line, I was willing to lay it up to a minus 152 with it. I need a little bit of a plus price here to be able to take a shot there. So it's going to depend upon late night line movement because if we wind up getting up north of a plus 150 with regards to Cincinnati Reds, I'd be willing to nibble there. Or if we wind up getting a case in which this winds up becoming more like a minus 105-ish on the Cincinnati Reds being able to get a run and a half because I'm going to call it like it is. I don't think that we're 
we're going to be seeing a lot of seam come in on the Cincinnati Reds. I would be willing to take a shot there for Hunter Green. He has been giving up a whole bunch of hard contact. 20 home runs, give it up in 74 innings. That's right around 2.3 home runs per nine innings. And then you take a look at the flip side for Tywin Walker. Complete opposite. Three home runs surrendered in 72 and two-thirds innings, but this feels like the same song and dance that we wound up seeing with Tywin Walker last season because last season Tywin Walker wound up having an absolutely tremendous start to the season where he wound up giving up something like four home runs over his first 90 innings. And then his nickname was Hickory after that because he just wound up getting smoked and he wound up giving up a bunch of home runs. And it feels like the bubble is about to burst on him a little bit. He's been giving up right around eight hits per nine innings and you take a look at him on the road. All three of the home runs that he has surrendered this year they have come on the road. Now, the good news with Tywin Walker, right around 2.5 Walks per nine innings. He's done a solid job there, but he's getting fewer than seven strikeouts per nine innings. And you can say what you want about Hunter Green. He's been able to give you a little bit over 11 punch outs per nine innings. So he's done a good job of being able to get some swings and misses. And Hunter Green, as the season has went along, he's been a tad bit better. I'm not saying that he's been supremely better, but four runs for fewer give it up and now four out of his last five starts. So he's been able to come along for the ride a little bit now. This Reds bullpen is deplorable. It is by far the worst out there in the big leagues. North of a 550 ERA. Nobody else has a bullpen ERA of a five but you also have a Cincinnati Reds team that they're in as a collective north of a 255 at home. They're averaging more than five runs per game at home and got quite a few guys that were able to get on base. Alberto Mora Jr. You're able to throw in there Tommy Pham and Brandon Drury all in between about a 255 to a 270 with Drury being able to give you 15 plus home runs. Jonathan India is now back full. Joey Votto he's been able to give you right around a 345 on base ever since coming off the COVID IL and Donovan Solano. He's now off the injured list as well and then you take a look at the flip side for the New York Mets and this team has been able to do a great job of being able to get on base as well. Brandon Nimmo, Mark Hanna, along with Pete Alonso. All these guys have been able to hit at least a 269 for the team. And then on top of that, Luis Colorme. He's been able to hit right around a 295. You've been having a couple injuries with this team, like a Jeff McNeil, but looks like he's back in the fold. He's been able to hit above a 300 for this bunch as well. And then Mr. Alonso. Man has been able to give this team 22-plus home runs thus far this season. And for the Mets, it has been a little bit of a shaky bullpen for them as well. I talk about the Reds and their bullpen wolves and Edwin Diaz. He's been able to do a rock-solid job with the New York Mets. But that said, you've also got Julie Rodriguez, who has been very hot and cold with the team. Jason Shreve just has not been able to give you a lot of good innings. I do think that there's upside with Adonis Medina. He's been able to lower his ERA to a 350 over the last three days. He's been able to throw right around nine and a third innings. He's been giving up just two runs in those nine and a third innings. So that has been a good sign for the team, but they've sort of been having to mix and match with all the injuries that they've got in this bunch as well. So this is fine, which as of right now, I'd be in a little bit more wait and see mode. If we could get down to more like a minus 152-ish, I'd be willing to lay with the bets. Or if we could even just get like more of a plus 110 run line as well, because if we wind up getting to more like a minus 110 to a minus 105, being able to get a run and half with the Cincinnati Reds, that's calling my name out because I would need a little bit over a plus 150 to be able to take that Cincinnati Reds money line, and right now I'm finding that at a plus 145, but with that said, in terms of the total, I do think that Hunter Green is going to be giving up a little bit of our contact as well, but I think that there's going to be a little bit of regression with Tywin Walker, so here at the 9.5, I'm going to take it over, set my total at 9.7, and a little bit more of a wait-and-see mode when it comes to what to do with the money line slash run line as the late-night line movement that is going to be able to work that out. 957-958 on the bang board. The St. Louis Cardinals hit the road to face off against the Atlanta Braves. Kyle Wright hopes to be Mr. Right for the Bravos and Dakota Hudson is going to be on the bump for the Cardinals. The Cardinals will find themselves as an underdog anywhere between a plus 140 to a plus 152 underdog and for the Atlanta Braves anywhere between minus 160 and minus 165 is your price sign is your total over is minus 115 and the under is minus 105. They wind up saying my total at 8.7. I'm going to be going under and we were talking about this with John J. 
chance, and I do think that there is going to be negative regression coming in for Dakota Hudson, who has always been a good ground ball pitcher, and there are always going to be guys that naturally they've got a little bit of a better ERA than a fielding independent, but Dakota Hudson is giving up four walks per nine innings. His strikeouts per nine rate is right around about five, and he's got a 3.83 ERA while giving up six home runs at 80 innings, despite the fact that he's giving up contact upon contact. It just doesn't make a lot of sense that he's been significantly worse on the road than he has been at home. 4.57 road ERA compared to a 3.03 home ERA without the six home runs he has surrendered. Four wind up coming at home. Opponents overall earning about a 2.52 off of him, but going up against the Atlanta Braves, that's not great. And for Kyle Wright, he has been Mr. Wright all season long. A guy that has been able to give you a little bit over nine strikeouts for nine innings has been actually a little bit worse at home than he has been on the road. 3.21 home ERA compared to a road ERA hovering right around a 2.75, but He's done a nice job keeping the ball in the yard, giving up 0.6 home runs per nine innings. So walks per nine rate, that's a little bit south of three, so he's been able to do a solid job there. And for the Atlanta Braves, this has really been the best bullpen in terms of ERA out there in the National League. A.J. Minter has been able to do a terrific job for the team. They have been missing Tyler Badzik. He has been dealing with ailments all throughout the season, but even though you've had someone like a Jackson Stevens wind up regressing a little bit for the team, you still have a lot of arms and be able to do a solid job for the team. Cal McHugh did wind up getting used up yesterday, so that's going to be a little bit of an issue, but Dylan Lee has posted up a sub-2 ERA, and then you take a look at the lineup for the Atlanta Braves. Austin Riley, he has just been supplying the boom squad thus far this season. 20 home runs. He's been able to about a 250 for this bunch. You've got Dansby Swanson, Travis Sarno throw in there as well. Marcel Ozuna, all guys will be able to give you double-digit amount of homers. Swanson hitting a 300. You've got Ozuna, who wound up having a two-home run game yesterday for this bunch. William Contreras, he's hitting at 265. He's getting home run every about 13 or so at bats. Ronald Acuna Jr., good table setter for this team. And then with the St. Louis Cardinals, Paul Goldschmidt needs consideration for the MVP at this point. Going into Sunday Night Baseball, 346 batting average with 19 home runs, 65 RBI, and you've got a lot of guys in general for the St. Louis team that have been able to do a good job of moving the line, being able to get on bases. Nolan Arenado, Brandon Donovan, both of these guys earning above a 290 with Arenado really ripping the cover off the ball in that series against the Philadelphia Phillies. He's up to 17 home runs. Juan Yepes, he gets a home run every 17 at-bats. He's hitting a 280. Dylan Carlson, Nolan Gorman, Tommy Edmond, they're in between about a 252 and 270, and Tommy Edmond, 19 stolen bases going into Sunday Night Baseball, but part of why I do mind him saying the Braves has such a hefty favorite, I mind him saying them at minus 158, is that the Cardinals are coming off of Sunday Night Baseball, and we have noticed that with teams coming off of Sunday Night Baseball, typically it's not wind up going great for them, so this is a spot in which typically I would set the Braves more around like a minus 150-ish, maybe even closer to a minus 145. I shade this up 10 cents personally, and if you do take a look at the run line for the Atlanta Braves, you're finding it at a plus 125. I need Needed at least a plus 125 to be able to take it because I did wind up saying mine at a plus 122, but seeing the run line that I'm seeing right now, plus 125, I'm going to be willing to take a shot here. I do think that the Braves are going to be able to come out to a solid job. It has been a Cardinals bullpen that has been a little bit up and down. They're in the top 15 in terms of bullpen area. If you take out those innings that Albert Pools, along the Yadier Molina have thrown, they're a little bit better as Genesis Cabrera has been dealing with an injury, which has hurt them a little bit. Ryan Elsley is beginning to see a little bit of regression, but still, sub-1 ERA has been terrific, but a lot of the veterans say you were 
relying upon like TJ McFarland, Nick Wickren. They're on the injured list and whenever they've been out there, they just have not been highly reliable for the team either. So I'm looking at an Atlanta Braves run line in this spot. They wind up saying my total at 8.7. I do think that the travel might wind up affecting some of these position players for the St. Louis Cardinals with coming off of Sunday night baseball as well. So looking under and looking Braves run line 959-960 on the bank where the Arizona the Diamondbacks. They're going to be playing OC San Francisco Giants. One Carlos Rodon is going to be going for the Giants. And Madbo, Madison Gumgardner is going to be on the bump for the Arizona Diamondbacks. 8 to 8.5 is your total. On the 8, the over is minus 115. The under is minus 105. On the 8.5, under is anywhere between minus 120, minus 125. The over is anywhere between even a plus 105 when it comes to San Francisco. It's anywhere between minus 170, minus 175. Arizona is finding themselves between plus 150 and plus 160 as an underdog. And with the Giants, do you mind saying them at a minus 172? It has been a rough go of it for the San Francisco Giants. They just got completely tattooed yesterday. But with that said, you've got an Arizona Diamondbacks team that they've got one of the more brutal road trips that you're going to find in baseball. Having to go up to elevation in Colorado and then having to go back down to Arizona out there in the desert, which that's just a very strange change in altitudes in general that just winds up affecting some guys. And when you take a look at what you're going to be able to get out of the San Francisco Giants team, it has been a little bit of an up and down offense, but you know that Jock Peterson is going to be able to supply some power. Someone who has been able to give the team 17 home runs thus far this season. He has been able to do a nice job of being able to on base hitting a 280. And it's a Giants team that really passed Josh Jack Peterson, you really don't have a lot of guys with like a supreme on base percentage, but you've got a lot of consistency with Tommy Lasella, Austin Slater, Evan Longoria, Yerma Mercedes, all these guys hitting right in the pocket about a 245 to a 255. Warmer Flores more around about a 240. Darren Ruff, it's been rough for him, and Austin Wins is starting to see some regression, but even with just a 235 batting average, Mike Kuzremski able to find a way to be able to get on base with a 340. Big thing for the San Francisco Giants team is that they had to use a bunch of bullpen pieces yesterday in their bullpen game and well they're going to be a little bit gassed but you do have Camilio Duvall who did not wind up pitching yesterday he has been able to give this team a sub 3 ERA now Jake McGee has just been a complete and utter nightmare for this team but Tyler Rogers you take a look at the ERA for the season of a 450 and you're not impressed but over the last 30 days that is lower to a 240 so he has been in better recent form Dominic Leon has been able to give you a sub 3 ERA and then for the Earth and the Diamondbacks it's a bunch that has been very rough with regards to their bullpen Joe Manette Tipley has been able to give you some very good innings along with even a guy like Sean Pop and Kyle Nelson has been able to do a good job as well. But talk about having a soul-crushing defeat. The Arizona the Diamondbacks gave away a five-run lead that they wound up having going into the bottom of the eighth inning yesterday after Zach Gallen wound up doing a relatively solid job. You did wind up having Ben Tipley along with Nelson having to come out of the bullpen yesterday as well. And for the Arizona Diamondbacks, they just don't wind up generating the same amount of power at home as they do on the road. On the road, they're generating nearly a home run and a half per game at home, more like .85 home runs. And this is a team that's in the bottom three in the big leagues in terms of batting average because you do have Christian Walker who's been able to give you north of 20 home runs, but He's hitting at 207. Jordan Luplo is able to give you home run every about 12 or so at-bats, but he, along with guys like a Geraldo Perdomo, you're able to throw in there. Their young guy in Cooper Hummel. These guys are in below the Mendoza line of 200. Elk Thomas, David Peralta, Quetel Marte. These guys have been able to hit in that neighborhood about a 252 to a 260, and Dalton Varsho has been able to get on base as well, but you do take a look at what Carlos Rodon has been able to do. Swing and miss stuff is amazing with him. 11 strikeouts per 9 innings. He's given up just 4 home runs this season. Home and road. Carlos Rodon 
has been absolute nails as he's got right around a 3 ERA on the road, wound up having one bad start against the St. Louis Cardinals. I wound up throwing this a little bit out of whack, but overall, opponents are getting a 210 off of him, really in both environments. I do think that Carlos Rodon is going to come out and is going to be able to land a better start than you're going to be able to get out of Madison Bumgarner. He's given up right around 1.4 home runs per nine innings, his walks per nine rate in the neighborhood three, but he's just not getting swings and misses anymore. A gentleman that is only able to give you six half strikeouts per nine innings when it comes to Madison Bumgarner or what he's been able to do at home. Much better than on the road, 298 home ERA compared to a 438 ERA on the road. And with Arizona, they've been one of your top under teams at home this far this season. As a matter of fact, nearly two-thirds of their games at home have wound up going under the total. So I did wind up saying the sold at 88.2. Seeing the 8 to 8.5, I'd rather have an 8.5 under rather than an 8 over personally with the way that the Diamondbacks have struggled at home and the way that Carlos Rodon has been dealing but with the Giants. Set them as a minus 172 money line favorite. But if you take a look at the run line, I was willing to lay up to a minus 110. Seeing this anywhere between even money and a minus 105, I'm going to be willing to take the run line of the Giants to go along with this total under 961-962 on the betting board. You've got the Colorado Rockies. They throw it face off against the LA Dodgers. One, Julio Arias is going to be on the bump for the Dodgers and Kyle Freeland is on the bump for Colorado. 8.5 is your total. The under and the over are both at minus 110 and with the Dodgers, they are the biggest favorite on the board. Anywhere between minus 267 and minus 280. Meanwhile, if you're looking at the Colorado Rockies, you're getting them anywhere between plus 230 and plus 245 and with the Colorado Rockies, I needed at least a plus 255 to be able to take a shot. If you're looking at the run line, you're going to be laying anywhere between minus 130 and minus 135 with the Dodgers. I'm willing to go up to a minus 140 here. This is a Colorado Rockies bunch, and when they wind up traveling in it in the road, this is just not the same team. You've got a lot of guys that may wind up seeing a big rise in their bullpen ERA, like a Lucas Gilbreth, for example. He is someone that has an ERA nearly three points higher whenever he does wind up going on the road. Robert Stevenson just has not been good for the team whatsoever. Tyler Kinley, by far their most bo- trustworthy bullpen piece. He's out of the fold-outs. Kalmay has actually been relatively okay as well. And the Colorado Rockies, to their credit, they're riding high. They were down 5-0 to zero going into, I believe, the bottom of the sixth inning yesterday, and they wound up pulling out the win against the Arizona Diamondbacks. And you do have now back in the fold Chris Bryant. That should be able to help out this team a little bit. But you just take a look at a lot of these guys. C.J. Crone, he's got 19 home runs thus far this season. Just four of them have come on the road. Brendan Rodgers, he has been able to go deep eight times as far as the season. All eight of them have wound up coming at Coors Field. The home and road splits with this team are just very stark. They're very vast. Though I will say, one thing for this team is that Kyle Freeland has actually been a little bit of a better road pitcher rather than a home pitcher overall this year. Kyle Freeland, not necessarily the world's greatest swing and miss, guys. He's getting right around 6.1 strikeouts per nine innings, but he does have a 291 road ERA compared to a 523 ERA at home. And by and large, throughout his career, hasn't been bad against the Dodgers in his two starts thus far this season. Hasn't necessarily been so rosy, giving up eight runs in nine and two-thirds innings, but he has been able to keep the ball in the yard as well, giving up one home run per nine innings, so that is something that you're able to rely upon, but Julio Arias has really been able to come into his own recently, as this is a man that has now given up a grand total of, I believe, seven earned runs over the course of his last five starts, being able to get six-plus punch-outs in three out of his last four starts with Arias. He's actually been a little bit of a better road pitcher than a home pitcher throughout his career. 262 home area, 266 road area, so relatively equal thus far this season, but opponents are getting just a 203 off of him. 
in Dodger Stadium. It is a little bit of an night game, so the ball is not going to be flying as much. And you do take a look at this LA Dodgers team, and the good news for them is that Mookie Betts did wind up returning to the fold on Sunday. So if you have concerns about this LA Dodgers lineup, that should be a help out a little bit as Betts. He has been absolutely amazing for the team and still leads the team in home runs with 17 despite all the time that he wound up missing. Trey Turner, Freddie Freeman, both of these guys are able to hit above a 300. Will Smith is able to do a nice job with a 350 on base percentage, double digit amount of homers for him, but got a lot of struggling bats on this team. Now, to the credit of Justin Turner, he has been able to pick up some steam recently as Take a look at what he's been able to do over the last 15 days. 340 batting average with a trio of homers, but still he's hitting about a 230 for the season. You've got Trace Thompson, Cody Bellinger, Austin Barnes, Max Muncy, quite a few others that are hitting below a 230 for this bunch. Cap Lux has been able to get on base, but that's been a little bit rough. And for the LA Dodgers, got quite a few lesser-known bullpen pieces like Evan Phillips, Yancey, Almonte, they may be able to come through for the team, but Craig Kimbrell, he has been an absolute hot mess for this team. He wound up doing it again yesterday. He's up to a 480 ERA. You've got a guy in Broussard or Gradrall has been a little bit up and down. And for the Colorado Rockies, this is a team that they rank in the bottom three in terms of bullpen ERA. It's been a little bit better over the last three weeks with right around a 350 ERA, but I don't have a lot of faith in these guys either. So I am going to be willing to take the LA Dodgers on the run line in what I think is going to be a relatively low-scoring game. I think that the home and road splits of this Colorado Rockies seem very, very real, especially when it comes to power. They get 1.3 home runs per game at home, more like 0.5 home runs per game on the right. I did want to say my total at an 8.2, so you're at the 8.5 looking under, and I'm going to be taking a look at the run line when it comes to the Dodgers. We go 963-964 on the betting board. The Baltimore Orioles are going to be playing those to the Walker, Texas Rangers. Dane Dunning is looking to get her Dunning for the Rangers, and Dean Grummer is on the bump for the Orioles. The Rangers find themselves a slight underdog in the spot, anywhere between minus 110 and plus 105. Meanwhile, with Baltimore, it's anywhere between minus 110 and minus 115. 8.5 is your total. With the 8.5 over, it's anywhere between minus 110 and minus 120. The under is anywhere between even and minus 110. And seeing straight 9 out there as well, that under is minus 120, and the over is even. What I'm saying, my total at an 8.2. I'm going to be looking under in this spot. And with the Rangers, made them a slight minus 108 favorite. So I'm going to be one ride with them. Now, the trepidation that you've got with the Texas Rangers in this one is that Dane Dunning has been a significantly better home pitcher than he has been a road pitcher. You take a look at it, and he's got a 283 home area. 5.58 ERA on the road, but it feels like he's just been getting a little bit unlucky on balls in play. 209 opponents batting average at home, 305 opponents batting average on the road. Now, I recognize that he had similar splits last season, but you've got to feel like this is going to be reined in just a little bit more, especially with them in terms of home runs per nine rate being relatively equal home to road this season as well. And then you take a look at Dean Kremer. Prior to this recent run, the Baltimore Orioles were 3-15 all-time in his starts, and all of a sudden they won 3-1 in his last four, and in that time span, he's given up two runs, one of which was earned in his last four starts. Now, Dean Kremer I think has really been able to turn the corner. I think that he's doing amazing work. He's getting right around 6.5 strikeouts per 9 innings. The walks per 9 rate is solid, right around 2.3, 2.4 walks per 9 innings, but he's given up one home run in 28 innings while being a pitch-to-contact guy. This just does not seem sustainable to me, and I I also don't think that this Baltimore Orioles bullpen is necessarily sustainable as you've got four different guys who will be able to post up in ERA as right around a 2-2 or less in Dylan Tate throwing their CNL Perez, Felix Batista, Ore Lopez, and then on top of that, Keegan Aiken, your long guy, 230 ERA, Joey Kreeble, 260 ERA. These guys have just been pitching out of their minds this season. And for the Baltimore Orioles, you don't necessarily have a bunch of guys that will be able to do a great job of being able to put back to ball. This is a team that in seven out of their last eight games, they have scored three runs or fewer. As you've got Ryan Mountcastle, Anthony Santander, who have been able to combine for 29 home runs. Both of these guys giving you 40 RBI apiece. As Mountcastle throwing their Austin the Say's kid, Trey Boom Boom Mancini, inning between about a 272 
282-285, and then that's that Cedric Mullins. He's been able to ride around in 300 over the last 30 days, but it's been a little bit touch and go from the bottom of the lineup for the Baltimore Orioles. Guys like Tyler Nevin, Robinson Chirinos, Rudan Odor. Got a lot of guys that have been struggling a little bit, but for the Orioles, it has really been all about pitching with them. And for the Texas Rangers, it's been a hot and cold lineup of their own. Marcus Simeon has been able to give you nine home runs over the last, I will call it, 25 or so games. So he's been able to heat up a little bit. And you do have guys that have been able to get on base for this. He made Luis Garcia hitting about a 285 over the last 30 days. And he's been able to give you 15 home runs as far this season long. Corey Seager. Seager's been able to give you 15 home runs, but he's only at 225. But then Jonah Haim has been able to do about a 260. Leody Tavares, a little bit above that. Nate Lowe, he's been able to do a relatively solid job. And I will say this for the Rangers. It's not quite as good as the Orioles bullpen, but I mean, it's been a pretty good and under-the-radar bullpen that ranks in the top 10 in terms of ERA. Brock Burke has been able to post up a sub-2 ERA. Guys like it, Joe Barlow have been able to give you a 275 ERA. Matt Moore has been able to give you some good innings. You've been able to have Dennis Santana post up a sub-2 ERA. And to the surprise of myself, how about Garrett Richards over the last three days posting up a buck 74 ERA? So you've actually got a lot of good arms out there in both of these bullpens. So I did wind up saying my total at 8.2. I'm going to be looking at the under in this spot, but I do think that Dane Dunning is going to be set for some positive progression on the road. I do think that Kramer, with the way that he pitches the contact, he is going to get lit up a little bit more as well. So this is a spot in which I'm going to be taking a look at the under, and I'm going to be taking a look at the Texas Rangers. Now we wind up hitting that double dip. 965, 966 going to be going along. 971, 972 on the banking board. The Cleveland Guardians and the Detroit Tigers are going to be playing a pair. Game number one is going to feature Zach Plesak for the Guardians and Garrett Hill for the Detroit Tigers. As of right now, game number two is to be determined for the Cleveland Guardians, and Alex Fiedo is going to be going for the Detroit Tigers. And if we wind up getting Cal Quantrill against Alex Fiedo, that'd be a relative pick game. I want to make the Guardians a minus 111, and I'll tell you right now, on both of these games, if you do wind up getting Quantrill versus Fiedo, a 7.5 or less, with regards to the total, I'll be taking a look at the over and an 8 or higher. Going to be taking a look at the under. We do have set numbers for Plesak versus Hill, though. This is a spot in which right now we're finding the Guardians in between a minus 123 to a minus 130, and between plus 110 and plus 115 is your price on Detroit with the total at 8.5 with the over and the under, both at minus 110, and that will be a spot in which I'm taking a look at the under. The Detroit Tigers are averaging fewer than three runs per game. They're coming off of playing that stupid Peacock game in which winds up starting at 9 a.m. Pacific time, noon Eastern time, so they're in for a little bit of a wonky schedule here, and you do have Zach Plesak, who has been Mr. Pitch to Contact all season long, but he does a very good job of not putting guys on cheaply, which I think is big, because this is just a Detroit Tigers team that, in general, has not been able to do a good job of being a put back to ball with Plesak. He's been giving you right around 1.3 home runs per nine innings. He's only been able to walk right around 2.4 guys per nine. The strikeout number, six half punch outs per nine. You'd like to see a little bit more, but you do take a look at the home and road splits. That should give you a little bit of pause. 493 road ERA for Mr. Plesak compared to a 285 home ERA. Opponents overall hitting right in the pocket about a 250 off of him, so he's been a little bit hot and cold with that regard, but then you take a look at what we're going to be able to get out of the young gentleman here in Mr. Hill, and this is going to be his first career start, and I don't know if I'm necessarily too bullish on him, as you've got a lot of guys have had to get a lot of starts here for the Detroit Tigers. It's been pretty much a turnstile this season, to call it like it is, but when it comes to Hill, he has been able to get swings and misses at the minor league level, so you're able to feel good about that overall this season. 12.7 strikeouts per nine innings, a little bit over three walks per nine innings. It's been a guy that gives up right around a home run per nine innings, and if you take a look back at his minor league numbers last season, once again, he wound up having that similar right around 3.2 to 3.3 walks per nine innings. The swing and miss stuff 
tremendous, but you got to question how deep he's going to be able to go into games as well as he's made 15 starts at the minor league level thus far this season. And he's averaging right around four and a half innings a start. So that means that you wind up diving into a bullpen, which for the Detroit Tigers has actually been very good. Willie Peralta, Michael Fulmer, these are former starters that they're able to lend some innings. They've been able to do a great job for a Detroit Tigers team that they're in the top five in terms of bullpen ERA, but are you going to be able to get any run support for our good friend Mr. Hill either? That is a big question mark because you've got Jameer Candelario, Jonathan Scope, Javi Baez, Tucker Barnard, Robbie Grossman, Cody Clements, Spencer Torkelson, all hitting a 215 or lower for this team. Right now, Javi Baez, and the fact that he's got seven home runs right now leads away for the Detroit Tigers. To put it to you this way, you currently have Aaron Judge along with Anthony Rizzo with 50 home runs on the New York Yankees as far this season. The Tigers have 44 as a collective, so that's not necessarily been too great. And then for the Cleveland Guardians, it's not like you've got a bunch of mashers on this team, but you've got a relatively solid bullpen with a pair of former starters of their own, Eli Morgan and Sam Antiches. I've been solid. Emmanuel Classe has been able to do a nice job of being able to hold down the fort. And you've got a lot of guys that have been able to get on base for the team as you've got Jose Ramirez, who has really been carrying the mail for the team in terms of the power 16 home run, 63 RBI. But he, Stephen Kwan, Ahmed Rosario, they're only between about a 280 to a 290 under Semenis. He's hitting above a 300 as well. You've had a couple guys wind up seeing some ups and downs with regards to their batting average, like a Miles Straw has had a little bit of a tough season, but Guardians have quite a few guys they're able to get on base. So in Plesak versus Hill, want to make in the Guardians minus 142 with the under of 8.5 being what I'm taking a look at there. As I said, my total at 7.8. And in Quantrill versus Fajardo, if we do wind up getting this, it is confirmed that we're going to be getting Mr. Fajardo. For Alex Fajardo, he wound up giving up between 1 and 2 runs and went between 5 and 6 innings in each out of his first nine starts. Ever since then, things wound up going straight down the toilet, and that wound up causing him to get sent down to AAA before they needed someone for this double header because they just literally did not wind up having anyone else. So, welcome back, Potter, in this spot. A guy that doesn't wind up giving you a bunch of swings and misses. Someone that's probably going to be giving you right in the neighborhood about 7.3 strikeouts per nine innings. The walks aren't necessarily bad with Mr. Fiedo. He's giving you right around three walks per nine innings. Does wind up giving up a little bit more hard contact than you'd like right around 1.3 home runs per nine innings. And for the Guardians, they've been able to hit more deep balls when they're on the road rather than at home. And Cal Cuantro, very much a pitcher contact guy of his own. He gives you right around five and a half strikeouts per nine innings. Walks per nine. He's been able to control those a little bit more. More in the neighborhood about 2.7 walks per nine innings. As you take a look at it and over his last five starts, he has given up just six free passes. So that has been good to see though. He has been giving Giving up runs recently, it's not been necessarily overly much. Three runs or fewer given up in now four out of his last five starts. And really, over his last 30 appearances in general, he's given up three runs or fewer in 27 of them. So you know that he's going to give up a little bit, but he's not going to give up the entire bag of runs. 441 road ERA compared to a 324 home ERA for Mr. Quantrill. And he's given up just three home runs at 34 and two-thirds innings on the road as well. So this will be a spot in Quantrill versus Fiedo where I make the Guardians minus 111 on the money line. Once again, seven and a half or less to the over, eight or higher to the under. So I'd be taking a look at the Guardians as a slight favorite there, and in police Ag versus L, looking under and looking at the Guardians laying up to minus 142. Now we wind up going to the DK Nation pick, 967-968 on the betting board. The Boston Red Sox, they are going to be playing also the Tampa Bay Rays. Jalen Beeks is going to be going for the Rays, and Michael Waka is on the bump for the Red Sox. The Red Sox, a bit of a favorite at minus 135 plus 115 is your price on Tampa Bay. Currently, the only place I'm seeing this number up at is DraftKings, and total on this game is 10.5 
under is minus 115, and the over is minus 105, and the DK Nation pick is going to be on the total under. I wound up setting it at a 9. I've got to think that when more books wind up putting this out, we're probably going to see maybe a little bit of a shift from 10.5, but I can't think that we're going to see anything quantum. If we wind up seeing a lot of, like, 10s across the board, I still certainly like it. I mean, heck, 9.5, I like it under, so that's why we want to make this a DK Nation pick, and with the Tampa Bay Rays bullpen, reinforcements are going to be on the way, because they did wind up having to sort a mix and match in terms of their bullpen with having guys that could not wind up making the trip to Toronto because they were unvaccinated. So that means that the Tampa Bay Rays are able to make pretty much a few roster moves being able to get these guys back in the fold. So it means that they wind up having a little bit more rest than you might be anticipating, and Jalen Beeks is pretty much going to be an opener in this game. He has made four starts thus far this season, 20 total appearances. He's went 33 and a third innings. You take a look at most of his starts, they wind up going about two innings with them, and he's been rock solid. I mean, as an opener, a 270 ERA in the role of starter, typically he's been able to do a relatively okay job, and Michael Walker has really seen a career renaissance this year. 6-1 record, 269 ERA. Now, fielding independent is quite a bit higher than this, and you can't think that his buck 30 39 ERA at home is going to be sustainable. He's given up three home runs in 32 and a third innings wherever he's been at home. And for Waka, he's got a strikeouts per nine rate that is in the neighborhood of about six and a half. So I do think that the opponent's batting average of 215, it is going to be going a little bit upward, but it's done a good job with regards to command right around 2.8-ish walks for nine innings. And with the Boston Red Sox, Bullpen has been seeing a little bit of regression. They did wind up having to play an 11-inning game yesterday, but you still have a bullpen that has been relatively solid. And Akaza Sotomona is someone that I like. He's been able to give you right around 3 ERA. It has been absolutely tremendous what you've been able to get out of John Schreiber. He's been posting up an ERA that has been sub-1. He did wind up getting used up yesterday, so that way it's hurting this team a little bit. Jake Diekman, you got to figure that he's going to be out of the fold as well, but Tanner Elk, even though you wanted pitching yesterday, could be a case in which you could wind up being able to bring him back. And for the Boston Red Sox, you've got a a quadrant of guys at the top that have been amazing at being able to get on base. Jaron Duran, Rafael Devers, Xander Borgars, J.D. Martinez. All these guys are hitting at least a 315 with Devers being able to give you 17 home runs thus far this season. Now, it is a case in which the bottom of the fold hasn't necessarily been so great. Bobby Dahlbeck, Christian Arroyo, Jackie Bradley Jr., Trevor Story. These guys are hitting a 230 or lower, though I will say. For Story, he has been able to get the team 50-plus RBI. And for the Tampa Bay Rays, this has been a bottom 10 team in terms of offense in the big leagues. Now, they completely exploded in Toronto. They were able to put up six-plus runs in each of the final three games. I do think that there's going to be a little bit of negative regression now. The good news for them, Juan Franco is back in the fold. That is big for them. He, Isaac Paredes, throw in there. Randy Otto-Zorena. All these guys are in between about a 252 to a 260. And there might not be too many things hotter on this planet right now than Isaac Paredes. You take a look at what he's been able to do over the last 15 days. He's got eight home runs and is hitting a 333. I don't think that that's necessarily sustainable, but I mean, he was an up and coming prospect for the Tigers. They Tampa Bay Rays, as they always do. They bought low, and they're right now reaping the benefits of that. Yandy Diaz along G Man Joy. These guys have an on base percentage right around a 390. And Harold Ramirez is about 300, but got a lot. A lot of guys like Brett Phillips, you're able to throw in there Rene Pinto, Taylor Walls, Vidal Brujan, they're only a buck 75 or lower, so and it's a little bit of an issue for the team. So, you've got a pair of top heavy lineups, and I do think that with the D- Tampa Bay Rays having guys like Jason Adam out there in the bullpen, Colin Pooch being ready to go, that this is going to be.
going to be a little bit of a lower scoring game. The Tampa Bay Rays are masters at being able to utilize a bullpen game. Now, right now, the only place that we're seeing this up is at DraftKings. I am willing to lay with the Boston Red Sox up to a minus 146 in this spot. So seeing the minus 135, I would be willing to lay that price. Got to figure that we're going to see a little bit more of a range when it's all said and done. But DK Nation pick, going to be on the under. I set my total at a nine right now. I'm seeing a 10 and a half. So we're looking there and I'm looking at the Boston Red Sox. 969, 70 on the bang board. The Houston Astros, they're going to be playing those the Kansas City Royals. John Heasley is going to be going for the Royals and Jake Odorizzi is going to be on the bump for the Astros. The Astros are finding themselves as a minus 230 favorite plus 185 is your price on the Royals. Once again, only seeing this number up at DraftKings. Nine is your total. The under is minus 120 and the over is even. And when it comes to Kansas City Royals, I did when I'm saying them as a plus 234 underdog. If you're looking at the run line of the Astros, right now I'm finding it at a minus 110 and I would be more than willing to take that. I'm willing to lay up to a minus 125. Now with Jake Odorizzi, not necessarily the most trustworthy starter out there in the world and someone that has not seen a big league rubber in quite a while. As a matter of fact, this is going to be his first start since the middle of May, but that's that. There's no having a lot of faith in John Heasley, who this is going to be his first start in about a week or so. And for John Heasley, it's just been a case in which things have not been going well for him. His last two starts, a combined 11 runs surrendered, and the command has really been an issue for him. 4.8 walks per nine innings, 1.6 home runs per nine. He only gets right around seven strikeouts per nine innings, so the guy gives up a whole bunch of contact. He's actually been a little bit better on the road than at home. 540 home ERA compared to a 501 ERA on the road, but you also got a Royals team that they've got a bottom five bullpen in terms of ERA. Josh Shamont is currently on the injured list. Jose Cuas has been one of the better bullpen pieces for this team, but he's becoming now the everyday Ray King sort of of this team because they wind up throwing him pretty much every single night. You've been able to get some good production on Scott Barlow, but he wanted getting used up for 12 pitches yesterday as well. Amir Garrett has north of a 6 ERA. Taylor Clark has been very unreliable with north of a 4 ERA of his own end. This is a Kansas City Royals team that do have a couple guys that are able to get on base for you. Ed Olivares, Andrew Benatendi, both of these guys hitting a little bit above a 3 Michael A. Taylor right around 275, but you've got Nicky Lopez, Kyle Isabel, Whit Merrifield, Bobby Wood Jr. all in that fold about a 220 to 235 and then guys like Ryan O'Hearn are even worse than that. So the hitting is honestly been there. Bobby Wood Jr. is the only guy that's currently healthy and has been able to give this team a double digit amount of homers and for the Houston Astros, they've been able to pick it up a little bit more in terms of their offense. Four plus runs being able to be generated at home and now I believe seven out of their last nine games in Jordan Alvarez. You've got a 310 batting average with 23 home runs. You've got a lot of guys doing a good job of being able to put bat to ball and just being able to move the line as well as you've got Jose Altuve, Jeremy Pena, both hitting right around 280. You've got Altuve, Pena, along with Kyle Tucker, all being able to give you a double-digit amount of homers with Altuve and Tucker. Both of these guys are up to 16. Chaz McCormick has been able to turn it on as well, and this is a Houston Astros bullpen that is number one in the big leagues in terms of ERA. They did wind up having to use up a couple guys like Rafael Montero and Ryan Presley yesterday, but Montero wound up only throwing 11 pitches. Ryan Sanica sub one ERA. He's rested. He's ready to go. You've been able to get some good production out of Brian Abreu as well, so I do think that the Astros should be a very hefty favorite, even with Jake Odorizzi making his first start in quiet while. Even if he winds up only going three to four innings, he winds passing it off to a bullpen that has been solid. And when Odorizzi has been out there, he's limited the hard contact, giving up one home run in 31 and two-thirds innings. His walks per nine rate has been right around three this season. So I did wind up saying the Astros right around a minus 235 money line favorite. I'm willing to lay the run line here. I did wind up saying my toilet at 8.1 with the way that the Astros have played right around 64% of their games to the under and the way that the Kansas City Royals have not been great on offense. So looking under and looking Astros on the run line. 971, 972, that was part of Guardians versus the Tigers. And 
And that double dip. So we go to 973, 974 on the main board. The Minnesota Twins, they throw it face off against the Chicago White Sox. Johnny Cueto is going to be going for the Sox. And Dylan Dolcom, Al Bundy is on the bump for Minnesota. Dolan's game is 9 to 9 and a half on the 9 and a half. Unders minus 120. The over is even on the 9. Over is minus 120 to minus 125. Unders anywhere between even a plus 105. And with the White Sox, getting them between minus 120, minus 130. Between plus 105 and plus 115 is your price on Minnesota. And with Minnesota, I do want to make them a plus 132 underdog. I'm going to be willing to lay it with the Chicago White Sox. Johnny Cueto, not a guy that's going to go out there and get you like 10 strikeouts or anything like that, but this guy has been solid and steady ever since the White Sox wound up lending him an opportunity, 333 ERA. He has been giving up a little bit too much hard contact, right around 1.4 home runs per nine innings, but he walks per nine rate. That is in the neighborhood about 2.1 to 2.2, and he's swinging that stuff. It's actually a little bit better than last year, right around seven and a half strikeouts per nine innings. Now with Cueto, he's actually been significantly worse at home than he has been on the road. On the road, a buck 74 ERA, 548 ERA at home, but a lot of that is due to the fact that he wound up having one random appearance in which he wound up having to come out of the bullpen in like super emergency relief, so that that wound up driving that up a little bit. And for Dylan Duncan, Al Bundy, he has been significantly worse on the road than he has been at home. 210 home ERA, 641 road ERA. A lot of this is because he pitches in Minnesota, a very pitcher-friendly ballpark, and he just gives up a lot of hard contact. He has given up seven home runs over the course of 39 and a third innings when he has been on the road with opponents sitting at 315 off of him. Swinging him stuff for Dylan Bundy has not been terrific this season either. A little bit over six strikeouts for nine innings. And the Twins, they back him up with a bullpen that's either great nor terrible. Yohan Duran along Griffin Jacks are both able give you multiple innings. Both of these guys have been posting up an ERA that is sub three, but when you do wind up getting into some of these less than trustworthy guys like Caleb Theobar, Emilio Pagan, it's not necessarily terrific there. And for the Minnesota Twins, you do have quite a few guys that have been able to get on base. Alex Kurloff, Ore Palunco, throwing there Jose Miranda. These guys are in between about a 230 to a 242. Luis Rise. He's been able to give you a 345 batting average. And Byron Buxton, he's been in and out of the fold all season long, but should be good to go on this one. He's getting a home run every 10 or so at bats. And Carlos Correa, hitting a 295. Power numbers are down, but he's been able to get on base and move the line. Meanwhile, for the Chicago White Sox, this is a team that they hit. Left-handed pitching significantly better than they do righties. It's about a 40 to 45 point differential with regards to batting average and for the White Sox. They have to travel from west back to the central time zone, but they're coming in hot. They wound up being able to put up a double-digit amount of runs against the San Francisco Giants yesterday, and all of a sudden, Jose Abreu has hit over a 325 over the last three days. He has gotten white out. A.J. Pollock has seen a little bit of a dip in his batting average, and just overall, you take a look at this White Sox team, you don't have a single guy that's been able to give you a double-digit amount of homers, but you've got a lot of guys like a Luis Robert, like a Bray, who I mentioned a little bit earlier that have that potential. Andrew Vaughn has been able to 300. Tim Anderson hitting a 335 for this bunch. Jake Berger, he's been able to 250. And for Berger, he's been able to give you a home run every about 20 or so at bats as well. Now with the White Sox, bullpen has been relatively suspect for this team. They've been dealing with an injury to Liam Hendricks, which that winds hurting them, but you know, the Lopez, sub-3, 5 ERA. Matt Foster has been bad this year, 5 ERA. Tanner Banks has been a little bit up and down. And Joe Kelly, I don't understand who thought that this guy was a good reliever, but he's 34 years old and he's got an ERA north of 7. That's not great, but I do like what you're able to get out of Kendall Graveman as well. So, interesting spot here. I did wind up saying the White Sox had a minus 132. I do think that Cueto going to be able to come out, give a good spot start, so I'm going to be looking at the White Sox in this situation. I did wind up saying my total at an 8.8 as well with the White Sox. They just own it righties the same way that they do it lefty. 
seeds, but that's it. I do think that they're going to be able to get enough contact. I think that Cueto going to do a good job holding down these Minnesota Twins bats as well. So looking at the under and looking at the Sox, 975-976 on the betting board. We got the Oakland A's playing host to the Toronto Blue Jays. Alec Manoa is going to be going for the Jays and Cole Irvin on the bump for Oakland. Seven is your total over and under anywhere between minus 105 and minus 115. And with Toronto, you're finding them between minus 220 and minus 235. Meanwhile, with Oakland, it's anywhere between plus 192 and plus 208. Typically, I am a sucker for taking these sorts of plus prices. Not with this Oakland A's team. I want to make the Blue Jays minus 248 on the money line. And if we take a look at the run line, a relatively reasonable minus 120 to minus 125. I was willing to lay up to about a minus 150. So we are certainly in on this one as boy, oh boy, it has not been going well for this Oakland A's offense. You have one guy in Seth Brown that's been able to give you a double-digit amount of homers, but I mean, as a team, the Oakland A's are inning below a 215. I really don't have anyone on this entire roster that's been able to hit above a 250 this year. I mean, there's nobody on the Oakland A's team that you're like, all right, this guy will be able to move the line and be able to give just anyone a shot of doing anything good whatsoever as, I mean, really, Elvis Andrews, who's hitting at 235, has been one of your most consistent bats all season long, and this is an Oakland A's team that they just continue to toil in mediocrity. Three runs or fewer in five out of their last six games, and we've seen plenty of these streaks out of them all season long. Now for Toronto, a lot of travel. They wind up going from north of the border over to the west coast in Oakland, so it's going to for a little bit of an issue there, but this is a Blue Jays team that they've been able to do an absolutely tremendous job of being able to rip the cover off the ball all season long. You've got a trio of guys at the top in Boba Shit, Flaggero Jr. along George Springer hitting in that neighborhood about a 257 to a 267. All these guys have a double digit amount of homers headlined by Flaggero Jr. giving you 19 home runs. Alejandro Kirk, he has been terrific at being able to move the line over a 400 on base, 320 batting average. His team does a good job with both righty and lefty spits as well. And Teoscar Hernandez, don't let the 260 batting average fool you over the last 30 days because he began the season with an injury, hitting well above a 300. Now, the concern that you've got with the Blue Jays is that they use every single arm that they could in that series against the Tampa Bay Rays. It's a little bit of a terrible bullpen, but you've got DeMesa, you've got David Phelps, a pair of guys with a sub-3 ERA. Jordan Romano as a closer. He's been posting up right around 290 ERA, 17 saves this far this season. you got to feel like Adam Simbert's going to be able to find it for this team. Mimi Garcia being on the injured list hurt them a little bit, so they're looking to Sergio Roma for some innings, but for the Oakland A's, after the first month and a half of the season, they were one of the better bullpens in terms of ERA out there in the big leagues. It has went horribly wrong ever since then. They have a deal with an injury to Danny Jimenez, Sam Puck, A.J. Mall. Both of these guys have a sub-3 ERA, but then you take a look at some of these other guys. Sam Selman has been okay with a 3.60 ERA. Domingo Acevedo, Zach Jackson, they have a mid-3.5s ERA as well, but Lou Trevino is north of a 7 ERA. Adam Aller has been posting up a 9 ERA. You just can't find consistent arms for this team in general. And Alec Manoa, Manoa, what? This guy has been terrific. He has given up right around 0.7 home runs per nine innings. On the road, he's got a buck 94 ERA compared to a 221 at home. He has been incredible at not walking, guys. 1.8 walks per nine innings. One is starting a two and nine off of him. Swinging this stuff right around eight punch outs per nine innings, but he's still been able to do an incredible job. And for Cole Irvin, he gets a little bit over six strikeouts per nine innings. Doesn't give up a lot of walks either. 2.3 walks per nine innings. And has always been a little bit better at home than on the road. Buck 57 home ERA. 527 ERA on the road, but even if you wind up getting six solid innings out of Cole Irvin, you have no faith whatsoever in this bullpen, and if Cole Irvin winds up giving up two runs, the Oakland A's might not be able to cover the run line because 
Well, they might not wind up getting two runs themselves. I do mind up saying this total at some point for just because I do think that the Toronto Blue Jays are going to be doing most of the damage on this total by themselves. So I'm looking at the over and I'm looking at the Jays on the run line. And we wrap things up with 977, 978 on the betting board. The Seattle Mariners, they're on the road facing off against East Slam Diego Padres. As Chamonix is going to be on the bump for the pods. And Chris Flexen on the bump for Seattle. Seattle's finding themselves as an underdog between plus 150 and plus 165. Between minus 170 and minus 182 is your price on the Padres. 7.5 is your total. Overs between minus 115, minus 125. Unders minus 105, though. Plus 105 and with the Padres. Set them as a minus 182 favorite on the money line. And if you're taking a look at the run line, you're going to be finding that anywhere between about a plus 120 to a plus 125. And I'm going to be willing to take a shot here. I needed at least a plus 120 to be able to take a shot on this run line. And we have been able to get there with Chris Flexen. It's a case in which you've got a guy that is very much a pitch-to-contact oriented pitcher and just hasn't necessarily been able to have the command that you'd expect. He wound up doing a bad job of being able to not give out walks towards the beginning part of the season. He's been able to rein it in a little bit more ever since then, but has always been a guy that has been a little bit more comfortable in Seattle rather than on the road. Giving up a little bit over three walks per nine innings, six strikeouts per nine. And you take a look at Flexen overall, 471 road ERA compared to a 392 ERA at home while giving up right in the neighborhood about 1.2 home runs per nine innings and a 275 opponent batting average. And honestly, he's a little bit lucky that those numbers aren't any worse. Shamanea, meanwhile, he has been just all over the place. His velocity has really been changing from start to start, but it seems like he's starting to hone in a little bit more. 396 home ERA, 388 road ERA. He himself has been giving up a little bit of our contact, 1.2 home runs per nine innings. The walks per nine being in that neighborhood about 3.2 to 3.3. That's a little bit of an issue, but you do take a look at what Manet has been able to do recently. Three runs of fear were given up in now four out of his last five starts, and there were some good ones in there. On the road against Chicago when the wind is blowing out was really the long time that he wound up giving up a bunch of runs, so he has been able to really stabilize. And this is a Padres bullpen that it's not great, it's not terrible. You're able to say that about both of these bullpens. For the Seattle Mariners, they've been able to stabilize after Drew's second rider was a hot mess. Paul Sewell has a sub-3 ERA. Penn Murphy, along with Eric Swanson, have sub-2 ERA, so these guys have been trustworthy for you. And then for the San Diego Padres, he's had a lot of mixing and matching with the team, but Craig Salmon, he's back to having his ERA hovering right around a 3 after a rough start to the season. You've been able to get some very good innings out of Taylor Rogers. He's been a closer that's been able to give you north of 20 saves in the Bell Christmas. He's able to give you multiple innings. He's got a sub-2 ERA. Steven Wilson right around a 3-6 ERA. Nothing great, nothing terrible. And for the Padres, they do have Manny Machado back in the fold. He was able to spear out a nice ninth inning that was able to get them the win in LA yesterday. He's hitting the 320 and for Manny Machado, he and Luke Voigt are the only two guys in the lineup that have been able to give you a double-digit amount of homers, which is an issue, but have more guys that be able to get on base a little bit more consistently. No Mazzara seeing some at-bats. He's hitting a 290 for this team. They've been dealing with a little bit of an ailment to Eric Cosmer, but he was in the fold yesterday along with Jorge Alfaro. Both of these guys are hitting a 275. Jose Azucar, Rickson Profar, Jay Cronenworth. They're hitting about a 242 to a 260. So you've got a little bit of stabilization there. And for the Seattle Mariners, they've been dealing with an injury to Ty France that has really hurt them as he's hitting above a 300. Was able to give the team 45 RBI. Now Julio Rodriguez has been amazing for this bunch. 275 batting average, one of the best base stealers out there in baseball after a rough start to the season. He has been incredible, and Eugenio Suarez has been able to give you 13 home runs, 330 on base. Jesse Winker has his on base up to a 341 as well, but Winker's only a 225, and you've got a lot of guys in general that can't move the line. Adam Frazier has been a terrible pickup for the team, hitting right around a 220 with no power whatsoever. Abraham Toro, Justin Upton, Cal Raleigh, Dylan Moore, all in below the middle line with 200, Carlos Santana. He has just not been good ever since the All-Star break last season, so I did wind up saying the Mariners plus 182 in this spot, so I'm going to be looking at the Padres on the run line, getting at least a plus 120. That appeals to me. Did wind up saying my total 
total at a 7.7. So this is going to be a case which I'm going to be taking a look at this total over and I'm going to be riding with the run line of the Padres. And that'll wrap things up for the Monday edition of the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the VEASAN Family Podcast. A big thanks to John Jansen of Fox Sports Philadelphia, the gambler, for joining me in the last segment. If you do like hearing from this fine podcast, Baseball Betting Show, you're able to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you've got a question, comment, segment, idea, whatever you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at GNNers41. Keep in mind, letters CM, Amy does not matter. So as per usual, please send these into the timeline. Otherwise, find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to fire whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. Find that five-star review coming at you guys every single day throughout the baseball season. And that means I'm coming at you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.